0: This podcast is a presentation of Indianola First Assembly of God Church. For more information, please visit us online at indianolafirst.com. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Church, we started a series that focuses in on being or becoming a kingdom builder. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a kingdom builder. Now look at him again and say, I hope I'm not lying. A kingdom builder, which simply put means that you are someone who builds the kingdom of God here on earth until he comes again. A kingdom builder. Building the kingdom of God is not about just soul winning, even though that's a huge part of it. It's about spending time in focused prayer. It's about giving financially to his work. It's about signs and wonders following those that believe and, and, and signs and wondering wonders following you, and the power of God displayed through you. How many know there's some people? If you're going to build the kingdom of God in, they're going to they're probably going to need some power of God displayed in their life, and that'll come through you. It even includes the little things like giving a cup of cold water in His name. Being a kingdom builder is all about coming alongside Jesus and bringing His kingdom building his kingdom in this world in a way in any way that you can and it's such a privilege, church that we can come alongside Jesus and build his kingdom here on earth now now we understand that his kingdom is coming it is here and it is yet coming it hasn't fully come yet but it is here and it is coming more and more all the time right That's a great way to say it. Some people get kind of in this this, uh, philosophy that it's all here right now, and some some camps get into the idea that it's not here until he comes again. But we know it is here now, and it is yet coming. It's not coming in its fullness. That's an important doctrinal difference. That means we can operate in things like the gifts of the Spirit, because his kingdom visits us in those moments. Man, the kingdom of God. What an awesome thing to be a part of. To be able to build it. And we've talked about how letting it be built in you is an absolute first step. If the kingdom of God is not being built within you, how do you expect to build it anywhere else? Then we talked about building it in your home. It starts with you and then the responsibility shifts to building it in your home. And those that are closest to you, your family... Your immediate and even your extended family, and if you're not building it in your home, how will you ever be able to build it outside of your family, to those within your circle of influence, as well as building it beyond your borders? And these are the areas that the Word of God admonishes us to build His kingdom. Acts one eight is the scripture we've been using for this series, and says this: "But you shall receive." Is anybody listening this morning? If you you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love, love, love this verse. You should commit this verse to memory and you should remind yourself of it every single day. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you receive what? What do you receive? We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on on us. And it's power to uh, be witnesses that's key it's power to become witnesses and we saw this happen in the book of acts when the holy spirit came for the first time on the day of pentecost and it filled that upper room and it filled that 120 people that were up there and it filled them so much that what did they do they they left that upper room they were kind of hiding and praying and waiting as jesus told them to but when the holy spirit fell on them they left that room they went out into the streets And gifts of the Spirit began to happen Power of God was displayed Peter preached a message without even preparing Oh my goodness He preached the message under the power of the Holy Spirit And 3,000 people got saved that day You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you're going to be witnesses That's what the power is for Well why is that important? Because being witnesses is building His kingdom you're bringing, you're declaring, you're preaching, you're you're performing in a sense. You're showing his kingdom display, you're displaying it through your life. That's building his kingdom here. And so this morning I want to focus on building his kingdom within your circle. Again, we talked about building it in, with, within you, we talked about building it within your home, now we're going to talk about building it within your circle. And your circle is all of those you work with. It's all of those you work with. (laughs) Some of you are thinking of that guy you work with. Or that girl you work with. Or that person you work with. With that, that attitude that they have. That annoying one. Who, because they work there, you have to work twice as hard. You know what I'm talking about? It includes all the people you work with. I man, I'm not getting anything from you folks today. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching truth to you. Your circle of influence includes all of those people that you work with. Man, I'll keep saying it until I get a few amens. I don't care. I have no roast in the oven. (laughs) I'll preach all day. Your circle of influence includes all those people you work with. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you for waking up. And saying it like you really meant it Even though I know some of you were lying It's all those people Where are my youth? It was homecoming last night There's probably still sleep in some of them Is there any youth here today? You made it after a late night Good for you Let's give them a hand, right? (laughs) It includes all of those people You go to school with All of them Let's hear it, youth. All right. All of those people you come in contact with during a normal day, even those on the highway, on the way to work. Yeah, come on. I mean, some of you are good at building a different kind of kingdom on the way to work when you see those people cut you off and do all those things and go slow and all that stuff. Well, that's not building his kingdom. And it might even be people that you don't even know, that are in your circle. You know, the the person next to you when you're filling up with gas. The person you meet in the hallway, wherever you're walking. Maybe you're shopping and it's the clerk at the desk. Maybe it's the waitress or the waiter that waits on you. But the people that you come in contact with every single day, your circle of influence, those you know, those you see daily, and those that are just in your circle that you might not know. It, could include, it, it, it does include your neighbors, those people that live next door to you that you haven't talked to in a couple years. And your circle includes all of those people that could be potentially a divine appointment as you go through your daily routine. That's your circle. And if you remember two weeks ago when I was talking about building the kingdom within your family, I gave you a word that I believe is the most important word in reference to kingdom building within your home. And that word was authenticity. To be authentically sold out to Christ. That's what your family will see and that's what will make you the most effective in bringing the kingdom of God to them. Building it in them. This week, as I talk about building within your circle, understand that authenticity is paramount in that process as well. But I want to give you another word that I believe is incredibly important in this area of building his kingdom within your circle. And it's the word engaged. Engaged. Engaged in the process. So aware of your spiritual responsibility to those around you that you are purposefully living out your calling. When I say engaged, I'm talking about being missional with your life. Waking up each morning with a strategic plan at how you're going to build his kingdom in the circle of influence that he's placed you in. From that quiet kid who nobody talks to or sits by in the school cafeteria to the socially popular kid who makes fun of you and your faith. From the people who don't know Jesus yet to the people who know him well and everybody in between. From that guy uh, 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 or gal at work who is so pleasant to be around but doesn't know Jesus to the one whose personality just grates on you you got to have a strategy for all of these people that are in your life. We gravitate towards those we like, right? We find ourselves ignoring and getting away from people that bug us. Can we be Christians and be bugged by people? I mean, if we can't be, then I'm not a Christian, I guess. How many have ever been bugged by somebody? Even though you're saved, you've been bugged by somebody. It doesn't change the fact that you have a responsibility to them. To build your kingdom within your circle. I would even take this so far as to say to build it within each other. That's part of your circle. What does that mean? Well, they already know Jesus. That's great, but you've got to encourage your brother and sister in Christ. you got to be there for them. There's a beautiful example of that that happened this morning. There was a a young lady here. She was praying. She was seeking God. and, And a person who was personally connected with her from over here came over and he began to pray with her as a father figure, as a grandpa figure, whatever. And it was a beautiful thing. That's building the kingdom in each other, right? It's building it in each other, in our circles. And I'm telling you this this morning that if, if if you are not engaged in the process of kingdom building within your circle, it's not going to happen. You can't just float through life and think, "Well, God will use me when He wants to use me." You have to be engaged in the process. You have to be ready and raring to go. And I know what I'm saying is true. Out of all the evangelical churches in America, hear this. Out of all the evangelical gospel preaching churches in America, only 11% of them are actually growing because of people getting born again. 11% of churches are growing because people are getting born again? That's unreal to me. What's the purpose of meeting as a church if you're not seeing people come to Christ? What's the purpose of living the Christian life if you're not building the kingdom within your circles that God has placed you in and leading people to the Lord? And of these 11%, 8% are only growing because of conversions of family members or it's being passed on to the next generation. Meaning the church is growing because the people are having children, they're passing on their faith. And that means that only 3% of churches are growing because people are actually engaged in building His kingdom to those around them. 3%. That says to me that many, within Bible-believing, evangelical churches are not engaged in what God has called them to do. And that's to build His kingdom. And especially in their circle of influence. This word engaged... I want you to think of a combine. We're farmers, right? Almost everybody in here is at least is, is either from the farm or you're one or two generations removed from the farm and that's it. But think of a combine at harvest time. It doesn't do anything until you engage the threshing unit on the combine. You can drive the combine through the field all you want. But until you hit that button that engages the threshing unit, it will just push the crop over. It won't bring the harvest. And I believe God wants us to be engaged in kingdom building. So as we go through the fields that are ripe for the harvest, we as members of his church will bring in the harvest and not just knock the crop down. However, much of the church today is content with just doing that. I'm saved. I know the Lord. I'm going to heaven. I'm driving my combine. And I'm knocking the fields down all around me. Praise the Lord. But until you hit that threshing unit button, harvest ain't gonna happen. That's engaging. That's what that word engage means. You gotta get into the process. Let me say it differently. You can drive around in your riding lawnmower. How many got a nice riding lawnmower? Got a nice one? You can drive around in it all you want. But until you engage the blades, you're not going to cut any grass. Church, we're living in a day and time when the fields that we find ourselves in, the circles that God has placed us in, they are ripe for the harvest. But the harvest isn't happening like it should because too many Christians are not engaged in kingdom building. They aren't intentional about the calling that they have. They aren't engaged in it at all. Most Christians in America will never lead anyone to the Lord. Never. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 9, 35 through 38. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He's building the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness, which is a big part of building the kingdom as well. Prayer for the sick, right? But when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. In church what I'm telling you today is you can say God use me, use me, use me and ignore every single opportunity that God gives you to be used. You have to engage It's scary. It's uncomfortable. You have to say things that maybe you don't know how to say sometimes. But being engaged makes the difference. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When we pray that prayer, when we pray that prayer, Lord, like Jesus did, send more workers into his fields. We ought to be making ourselves available to the Lord at the same time. Let me do it, Lord. Let me be a worker within your harvest field. I'm a man of unclean lips. The Lord said, who will go for us? Here am I, send me, because he's cleansed us. He's taken all of our unrighteousness, and he's replaced it with the righteousness of Christ. Kingdom building is not just about winning souls. I've already said that, even though it's a big part of it. It's about bringing his kingdom into every circumstance and every situation that you find yourself in. Showing the love of God, declaring and proclaiming his kingdom. Announcing the good news of the gospel within your circle. And church, I want you to know that I'm a product of someone building the kingdom in their circle. I thank God all the time for a college student named Dan. Dan. Who wouldn't stop knocking on my door asking me if he could share the four spiritual laws with me. Even after I rejected him and said, no, I don't think so, and closed the door. He came back again and asked me, can I share the four spiritual laws with you? You see, I knew Dan. I went to school with him. I went to music classes with him. Good guy. And he would just knock on my door. Hey, could I share the four spiritual laws with you? I finally did let him in and said, sure, maybe it was because I wanted to get rid of him. And I knew the truth. It wasn't that I didn't know it. I've been taught that at home. But I wasn't living it. And he led me to the place where the gospel consumed me and literally took over my life. He was engaged in the process, and he even had a strategy. It was tenaciousness. That was his strategy. I'm just going to keep knocking on his door until he says yes good strategy. And it worked on this guy. I'm the product of someone building the kingdom within their circle. I thank every god I thank God every day for my piano teacher. Her name was Corrine. She's passed away, but she gave me lessons for a dollar a lesson. I don't know why, but she kind of liked me. She was a believer. I was, and she was praying for me when I was just a young kid. I think I started in first grade. But she ministered to me through the, through her love and kindness, and I never knew how much she actually prayed for me until later in life, after I'd become a pastor. I just happened to be in that town where I took lessons, and I went in, and I, I knocked on her door, and she came to the door, and she was very, very old by then, and and I told her what had gone on in my life and how I'd find the Lord, how I found the Lord, and she she started to telling me how she would pray over me as I was playing. And she'd pray for my family. She was building the kingdom. I didn't even know she was building the kingdom at that time. But she was laying spiritual foundations and groundwork for later when someone else would share with me. You see, understand folks, building the kingdom is all of this stuff. I'm the product of people building the kingdom within their circle. Many people. Just as you are. My parents were led to the Lord by a business partner who cared more about their salvation and their future in heaven than he did about the business they were involved with together. If it wasn't for his willingness to build the kingdom in them, I don't know if I would have ever had that foundation at home that made it easy to fully come to Christ when Dan came to my door. Whose story are you going to be a part of? Whose story are you going to be a part of? How are you building the kingdom in your circle? If you get intentional, if you get missional, if you will just engage in kingdom building within your circle, you will affect lives for generations to come. Generations. I think this way. I don't know why. Why? Maybe it's the right way of thinking, maybe it's not I don't mean to make it sound prideful But if if my piano teacher, if my parents' business partner If that guy at college and the other ones that have have built the kingdom in me um, That I'm not even mentioning today If they wouldn't have done what they did, if they didn't step out If they hadn't done that Where would Pastor Jared be? I don't say that with any kind of pride at all But I built the kingdom in him After it was built in me because that's what you do, right? That's what we're supposed to do I think, I think about, where would my kids be? Would I have kids that serve God? I don't know, probably not Building the kingdom in your circle Folks, it's huge It's your responsibility It's so important This isn't something that you can opt out of as a Christian. Did you hear me this morning? You can't opt out of this. I said you can't opt out of this. It's your job. It's the great commission of Christ to build his kingdom, to make disciples, to win people to Jesus, to bring heaven wherever you go, to walk in his presence, to have the attitude that I'm going to build the kingdom in somebody today to get a strategy, to get prayed up, to get anointed and full of God so that you can do that effectively and think about it constantly because your life is more than just kind of going through the circumstances and, oh, it's all about me. God, I come to church so I can lay all my burdens down every single week. I don't have time for all those burdens. I'm just telling you, my own. I don't have time for them. Why? Why? Because if you get busy building the kingdom, those things don't matter. I'm just saying it like it is. It's not that I don't have burdens. I just don't have time for them. Give them to God. Go build the kingdom. Man, we get bogged down in our own stuff. Whose story are you going to be a part of? And there's so many examples of kingdom building within your circle so many examples of this sitting here today pastor guy are you here this morning he's up there somewhere where is he oh there he is right there it's kind of different lighting here today where would you be if jory didn't build the kingdom in you he was your youth pastor wasn't he where would you be where would you be Like name and names, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Eric Rasmussen, where would you be if Pastor Gay, where is she? I saw her face, right over there. Way better, Eric. Where would you be if she didn't build the kingdom in you? Prison. There's so many examples of this in here today. I don't know if Tyler's here today, but where would Tyler be if it wasn't for Brad and Tiffany? them building the kingdom. Folks, this is what we do. This is who we are. We take Jesus wherever we go and we build his kingdom in our circle. That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. And we can't afford to grow weary in well-doing, church. We can't relax in this. It's so easy to just go through the motions of Christianity and make a mental ascent to it every day. But forget that if we don't build the kingdom in our circles, that there are going to be neighbors of yours that, that you see just about every day that may not have an eternity in heaven to look forward to. That if we don't build the kingdom in our circles, that that one you run in, uh, into in the hallway every single day on the way to class, they may never experience the love and acceptance that can only be found in Jesus Christ. If you don't build the kingdom in your circles every single day, if you don't get missional about it, if you don't engage in the process, that co-worker may not find the physical healing that is available to them through the prayer of faith, which ultimately might win them to Jesus if they don't know him already. The waiter or waitress that you have gone to over and over and over may not ever know the truth of the gospel. Folks, we have a responsibility to take the kingdom wherever we go, to be the kingdom wherever we go, to build the kingdom wherever we go, especially within our circles. And, church, we got to engage if we're going to build his kingdom. We must be intentional, strategic even, as we plan out our days. Having that attitude of, how will God use me to build his kingdom today from the moment you wake up? That's an exciting way to live, folks. I made a purchase earlier this year, and I uh, stepped out in faith a little bit, and I bought uh, Roy Screen's uh, Stand Behind. Skidster, the dingo, Toro Dingo, when he and Cindy moved to Texas. And I I bought it for a few reasons. I needed to get some work done in my backyard and that was I needed a machine like that to get it done. And I also wanted to create an avenue in which I could meet and interact with some people in the community. It's also the type of work I loved running the thing, and it's the type of work that helps me decompress. You know, some pastors play golf. I I heard a story that Billy Graham used to name the golf balls after his board members (laughs) I don't have to do that because I have great board members but Every everybody needs a way to decompress and I I like standing on that machine and just kind of mindlessly Working the controls and it's so different than church work. It's so completely different and uh from time to time, people will uh, ask me to do some things, and I, I, I can I can do that from time to time. I don't let it consume me. I don't let it take all my time up, and, and, I'll, and I'll do those things. But uh, while I'm on that thing, it gives me lots of time to think, prayer time. Um, gives me lots of time to just reflect on everything going on in my life. And uh, I received a call the other day to do a job for someone up in Des Moines. And I went up and met the man last week, and we hit it off pretty good, and I decided I was going to go do this job, and um, it was only going to take me a, you know, half a day on my day off. and uh, So I, I decided that Friday, this last Friday, was going to be it. And I called him Thursday or texted him Thursday and said, Hey, some things came up and I'm not going to be able to make it Friday. The, it's gotten kind of wet out too. And, and he said, Oh, I'm glad you, you reached out to me because I can't do it either. Last Monday, I had a stroke and I've been in the hospital ever since. I'm going... Hmm. Build the kingdom in your circle An opportunity So I said well where are you at I'd love to come pray for you And I said are you a Methodist And he said no I'm not a Methodist And I, I said well you didn't really understand What I was saying Which I thought was kind of funny uh, I said I'd just like to know where you're at So I can come pray for you And he, he told me he goes, I would love that I'm a Bible believing Christian Who never found his way into church and he knew that I was a pastor and he goes I would love for you to come pray with me And then we went on in our conversation and he said something about And I, I'm, I think God is using this situation to draw me close to him And because uh, I, I, I need to draw closer I've been a little away from God How many can relate to ever being away from God And I said I think I can help you with that He said that would be awesome So sometime today I'm going to go up and pray for me I'm going to go up and I'm going to talk to this man And guess who's going to get led to the Lord again it's a no-brainer. It's going to be an easy one. It's going to be an easy one, right? To so God be the glory. Why do I share that? Because you can create situations and circumstances all day long where you can reach out to people. God will set all this stuff up if you just keep your eyes open. I mean, I could have said when he said, no, I had a stroke, so today won't work. And I said, well, let me know when you get out of the hospital. You know, blah, blah, blah. I could have done that. That's what a lot of us do, isn't it? We don't think. We're not engaged. We don't think enough that, hmm, opportunity right there. And I've done it too, don't get me wrong. I'm not bragging on myself this morning. I miss opportunities too. Folks, that's why we got to get engaged in the process. Be mentally thinking about it all the time. Ready in our spirits to act at any moment. Because God's setting these things up for us all the time. To build this kingdom in your circles. understand if you engage you're going to find yourself constantly building the kingdom in people's lives within your circle i'll say it this way you won't just be looking for opportunities people will come to you and be like build the kingdom in me i need some kingdom right now it gets to that point when you engage are you hearing what i'm saying this morning You want the great adventure of the Christian life? This is it. Not ever knowing how God is going to use you on a given day. When you've got that threshing unit of your spiritual combine engaged, you will bring a harvest of souls, a harvest of encouragement, a harvest of signs and wonders that follow you. Uh, Wherever you go, you'll just bring that to the situation, the circumstance, to your circle. God is always on the move and he wants to move through you. And I want to be done preaching this morning, but I want to ask you something. Are you tired of just going through the motions? Don't you want more out of your relationship with Christ than just the knowledge that you're going to heaven someday? I mean, that's great. I love knowing that I'm going to heaven. Why would anyone want to drive through the fields with their spiritual combine knocking over crops When they could engage and actually harvest them That's what I don't get And I understand that We struggle in this life It can be hard And we get so focused on our own problems That we become oblivious to the harvest work That we are supposed to be doing And the enemy loves this church He loves to get us distracted Especially with our own stuff The church Is largely selfish because they think of self first and others later. Am I am I I preaching the truth? Come on, we do it. Well, I'm going through this, so God's gotten. I'm pretty preoccupied with going through this situation, so I don't think I can kingdom build right now. We stop looking for opportunities. We don't mentally say that. We don't say that out loud. But we go through this over here, and so then we we kind of stop our kingdom work over here. Because we're busy with this. What's this? Could be a marriage issue. Relational issues in your family. Could be a spouse passing away. And yes, you got to have a time of grieving. I get that. But you know, some people get stuck in those things. They get stuck in grief. They get stuck in those those situations and circumstances and they never come back out? You you want to know how to get on top of all that stuff in your life and not let it life bog you down? You start kingdom building. Well I've gotten a bad diagnosis. I can't kingdom build. Are you kidding me? Through your diagnosis and God healing you and you being an encouragement, you can build the kingdom more than you ever did probably. I mean, Mike, good grief, buddy. Building the kingdom. I don't know if you know Mike, but the doctor said that you will not live past two years. Well, two years was up almost four years ago. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of time that you've gotten. And the attitude. Now your wife might catch a few attitudes that aren't. Always oh, the best. We don't know that. But because of her strength and supporting you, and because of you heading this thing on as you have, it's built the kingdom in people. People are like, Whoa, what am I complaining about? I mean, Oh, it's kind of rainy today. I don't want to go to church. Some mornings he can hardly get any oxygen. And he's still in church. That's acts of faith. And that builds the kingdom and it builds it in me. Maybe I'm the only one, because I know. He walks in the door and I'm like, man, Mike's here. I get it. We go through things. But that shouldn't stop our kingdom building. Proverbs says that a son who sleeps during the harvest brings shame. Let, let, let me just be a little uh, give me some leeway here in the scripture, okay? When the harvests are ready, and how many know they're ready out there? The, the world is ripe for harvest. When the harvest is has ripened and it's ready for harvest. When the crops are ready and it's ripe for harvest, if his children, son, sleep, it brings shame. I'm not about to bring and live my life in a way that brings shame to God. Spiritually speaking, the harvest is ready. Let's get busy about working to build the kingdom in our circles. We are called to be kingdom builders. And we must be engaged in that building process. There's no option in this. There's no opt-out. There's no way around it. God's people are to bear fruit. It's just its scripture, folks. We're supposed to be harvesters. He builds his kingdom in and through us, but we must engage in the process so that we can be used for him to build it all around us. And there's a weight of responsibility that's placed on us throughout the scriptures. Our salvation is a free gift, but if you think it ends with praying the sinner's prayer and showing up to church every once in a while, you become misguided somewhere along the way. It's so easy to fall into building our own kingdoms that we forget that we have been planted right where we are at in order to build his kingdom in those circles. I wonder if God grows weary of his people seeking their own agendas and doing their own things we do that, don't we? It's all about me, Jesus. We don't say that, but we live that. In many cases, having a relationship with Christ is nothing more than penciling him into our schedules rather than letting him consume our lives. It's time, church, that we lay aside all the stuff all the things of this world, all of our worldly goals and dreams. It's time that we seek him first in his kingdom and let all those things that be added to us in his time when he sees fit. There's a massive job to do. And Indianola First is going to be a church that God can count on to build his kingdom. I believe that with all my heart. Not only in our individual lives and in our homes, but in our circles of influence as well. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Use us to bring your kingdom here. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First Assembly of God podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest message.